Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, She-Hulk, I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the fifth episode of She-Hulk, Mean, Green, and Straight Poured Into These Jeans. Appropriately said by Mr. Alex Alvin. Thank you. Now, if you haven't watched it on Disney+, Plus, go watch it. But brief bit of spoiler here. Jen is taking on Titania in the courtroom for control. Not in a good way. Sure, not in a fighting way, but in a lawyery way. As they go head-to-head for the name She-Hulk that Titania has taken the trademark out on. Meanwhile, Nikki and Pug are trying to set She-Hulk up with some new clothes, and specifically a superhero costume, some new drip. Thanks to the fashion designer to superheroes, Luke, who shows up this episode. And it all ends on a big Easter egg for everybody's favorite hornhead uh, so there you go. Now, uh, well, uh, what is, I mean, I, you might be on. talking about Loki if you say so everyone's favorite hornhead. You got to be a little bit. Now, nah, my specific. favorite hornhead is you, Pete. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't have horn dog. Horn dog. That's what we call know. Pete. Pete's nickname is the horn dog. Nope. Yeah. Because he, loves Daredevil. because he loves Daredevil he loves so much. There you go. He's a hornhead uh, dog. Now, I, I just want to get this out of the way up front, right at the top of the podcast. We're five episodes in. We're past the midway point. I don't think I've been very kind to the so- show, so I wanted to start this off on something positive here right at the beginning. I love how short these episodes are. (laughs) (laughs) Let me throw my takeaway, which is um, similarly backhanded. This episode made me like last episode a lot. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Now, I want to mention something, and we're going to start out on a triple negative here. Pete, you also didn't like this episode. Yeah, this uh, this was a hard one to watch. We didn't get any after credits fun, so they let us down there. Um, you know, they, uh, we didn't even get to see the suit at the end of the episode. I thought, okay, we're going to get a fun suit reveal. We got shafted on that. It was, uh, it was, as they say, a middling episode, you know, it was a real chess pieces wow. moving on a board episode as much as I hate to say that. So it was, uh, we didn't even get to see the shoe collection. I mean, we saw it in the fun painting, uh, watercolors, you know, I love the watercolors credits. That's nice. But I, you know. Yeah, and I will mention before we get too far into it, uh, and before I forget, there's obviously a lot of Easter eggs in that shoe painting that we could probably plumb through. People are going nuts because there's Deadpool shoes, there's Cyclops shoes, there's the Thing shoes. Canonically, yeah, I wanted putting, to see that shoe collection. It looked bananas. Here's what I'll say, actually. I'll flip it over to the negative part instead of the Easter eggs part. We should have seen these shoes collection. Like, the way yeah, that yeah. this was structured was so weird once again the fact that we got like i don't know five to ten i honestly didn't time it solid minutes of nikki and pug like going shopping and going to a boba place and talking to a fashion designer with sort of screwing around yeah with like which is fine but just structurally when you're talking about a tv show that they weren't cutting back and forth between the a and b plot was bizarre well, and let me throw on top of that, it was – they weren't even really A and B plots. They ended up being completely unrelated to the point where She-Hulk at one point is like, oh, right, the other thing we're doing in this episode. I was like, like there's no reason why it didn't have to tie in. It could have easily tied in, and I don't know why they would save that outfit reveal for 
another episode when right. either do it at the end or do it in the courtroom. She goes up, shows up to court in like a full on like superhero uniform. That's fun and it makes sense for the show. And instead, they didn't give us the reveal and instead un, unentwined the plots so that they were purposefully not related, which is also very strange. It's just well, particularly because it came up in the courtroom as well. Like there was the whole thing with. Yeah. I, I didn't uh, mind the theme of the episode. We've talked a lot about how Jen is sort of grappling with the idea of, is she Jen? Is she She-Hulk? What does she want to be? How do people view her? That seems to be the core ethos of the series. And that's uh, brought to bear here with the idea of Titania literally stealing her name, the name that she didn't want in the first place, which obviously they dig into. So from that dramatic perspective, I think that all makes sense and plays out through the episode to the point that Titania is calling out her clothes, but to the point you're making, Justin, if they're going to make a whole big deal about her suits and what she's wearing and her clothes and what she physically looks like and what she's how she's physically presenting herself, have that come together. Like going back to that whole thing a couple of episodes back where they made the fourth wall breaking joke about, wow, the A plot and the B plot coming together where it wasn't. They were just in the same place at the same time. We're now five episodes in and they still don't know how to bring an A and B plot together. Uh, I did want to talk about one more thing I thought was fun. I really liked how the uh, dude liked the swag, like the uh, the kind of bootleg Avengers stuff, like picked it up and started swinging it around. I thought that was kind of a fun moment of like, even though they are kind of like, this is ridiculous, the how into the shirts and stuff they got. Uh, I thought that was a fun little moment, though. Yeah, I mean, I, to, I agree with you. There are some elements in the show that are fun and have a lot of potential. It's just strange to me. And not even being super, like, negative about it. It's just strange. It's odd how they're not coming together. And then I, I feel like the um, the show is really good at showing off some of the smaller characters um, and making them fun. Like, uh, Titania is sort of like um, a less fun Madison. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, they, like, in a, in a way that's like, oh, I, you want her to be a more fun or a different version of Madison. Madison pops so much, both on the show and in reality, that like uh, they had an opportunity to be like, oh, let's take that same creative energy and give something to um, Titania that is is big like that. And instead, she just sort of did Madison to a lesser degree. Can I, can uh, I, can I throw out a very weird detail that did, didn't necessarily bother me, but I thought it was a weird choice? Why is Jamila Jamil doing an American accent? Because Jamila Jamil is British, and if you want to do pretentious influencer person, what better than to just have her do her regular accent? That comes across. That's the character she did in The Good Place. Maybe that's why she wanted to separate it from yeah, it and yeah, come up with something answer, different. But the whole like slight valley girl thing, thing she's doing, it's not bad, but it's just so strange to me when you already have – Jamila Jamel being who she is and doing something that is 2% removed from her public persona anyway. I think yeah, what it, you're missing here is that she's got a bigger role coming up and it uh, requires an American accent. So she's using this role to kind of get ready for that role. You know, oh, what, what is her bigger role? Like President yeah. of the United States. Is that bigger? Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden announces that he's going to be guest starring on next week's She-Hulk. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's why they had to hold the uh, post credits because it's the Biden drop. <laughs> well, um, let, let's talk about it a little bit. Other than her accent, though, we finally get to see Titania doing stuff in this episode. She popped up very quickly, but she's a big focus here and obviously a very different sort of villain for the MCU. What do you think about the character and the direction as it plays out in this episode? I well, mean, she was a <laughs> bright spot in the episode as far as like. She's an interesting character. Like her reactions in the courtroom were fun. The you don't have to stand up with me. I I mean, I like I like her as a character. I liked the fight in the beginning. Uh, you know, I think that there is there's there's a lot to this character and I and I want more. It was just not done well. Uh, but um I I I think moving forward I hope she is a reoccurring kind of like better character. Uh and I think it's just like what I was saying before. The elements are there. They're just like oddly turned down. Um, like, and I think if they just took what they have and turned it up to like full volume creatively, it would be awesome. Like I want uh, a Titania who is like she, – she's like sort of mad. The Titania from the comics is like pissed all the time and like – She'd be like, I don't know about all this fashion stuff. I'm just trying to make money and smashes the table in the courtroom or something like that where it's like make some bigger swings. Everything feels mm-hmm. like just a little like it's like if your sriracha is just not spicy enough or something like it's just wow. it tastes like ketchup when it should be giving us some kick here. Well, well, let me throw out, can I throw out another compliment actually to the show or rather to sort of outside the show? We talked about this interview a little bit that Kat Coiro, who is the showrunner, did a couple of weeks back with Variety where she talked about how – they realized pretty quickly that they couldn't do trial scenes effectively. And so they're sort of pivoted away from that. And I think this episode proves that, yes, they can't do trial scenes effectively. And I think she really nailed that. So I hope we never see those again. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But it's supposed to be a lawyer show. It was so boring, like such a boring, weird trial. Uh, And to the point that Justin's making, I really like the idea, which is ludicrous, does not make any law sense, even though I'm not a lawyer. I think I could uh, fairly say that to bring in the guys that she dated on a dating app to a trial. But that is a fun idea. But the way that it's executed, the pacing of it, the pacing non- issues, yeah, non-specificity the of the lines. It wasn't fun to watch. And that's very frustrating because, like you're saying, Justin, these elements are in place here. Like, Pete, you pointed out the Avengers thing. There's something about these jokes that the way that they're talking about them, the way that they're directed, the way that they're laid out in the show, at least for me, I don't want to speak, obviously, for everybody listening to our podcast, but at least for me, they're just not working. Like, they're not hitting. They're just very soft. Well, I think there's a pasting issue and a little bit of a reality issue on the Avengers stuff because the shirts were really cool and well-designed, but spelled wrong. I was like, that doesn't make sense in reality for the joke because I think the joke is fun. But if you're going to have a misspelled, like, why is it so well designed? <laughs> like, it's like, it's well designed because they're going to be selling them later today on Marvel.com. That's the real yeah. reason for it because they've been very on the product game, but you're absolutely right. Um, or at least find a comedic way to justify that uh, or something like that. Um, I just – it feels like this episode was like, hey, this guy she went on one date with is going to be super important later. So we have to bring him back in a way 
where like, you know, I don't know what his name is, but he's the hairy nipples guy from the Baywatch movie. And he is. <laughs> That's how he actually wants to be known. So OK, OK. So, yeah, it's just please, feels please. like oh. hairy nipples guy from the Baywatch movie was my father. <laughs> just call me hairy nipples guy. OK, <laughs> uh, well, I just feel that like this episode was clearly like this dude's important moving forward for some reason. So we got to kind of set this up. So the, uh, there's two other things that I want to point out here. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things to point out, but just these are top of mind at the moment. And I'm going to couch this as usual, and I'm a dude, so I don't know. I, I will defer to any women listening to this podcast about being wrong about this. But the thing with the quote-unquote nice dude who she hooked up with last last episode being on the trial and being like, listen... Jen Walters isn't my type, but She-Hulk, she's awesome. I love her. And then Jen, at the end, giving him, like, a nod and a thank you. Very weird to me. Because, yeah. essentially, he's like, I don't like half of you. <laughs> I like this other half of you. And the that feels like that defeats the whole emotional theme of not just the episode, but the series. Well, I think with the... The point was of that, and again, yes, I am a dude, so sorry. But the thing is, is like, it was almost just, it seemed to me like a nod, like, thanks for doing this. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that this parade of whatever, uh, it was just more of a appreciation. It just feels nod. like, I, I understand but what you're saying. The point, sorry, go ahead, Pete. But the point of the, like... I think the real point was afterwards of, like, you know, like, uh, you know, when they were saying, like, a dude could have done it. You know, like this wouldn't have been an issue if it was a man like later when they're in the bar drinking talking about it. So I feel like they didn't hit that as hard as they could have or, or maybe didn't want to overhit it. But I think that was what they were kind of aiming towards. Well, I think that those two ideas, why they are very similar. And I agree with you, Alex. It was sort of weird and problematic to have that be like a point. I think they, they're serving two different purposes in the show. I think the scene with the guy who's like, I like She-Hulk, but I don't like Jen Walters. That's going to be her thing, I think, for the show. That's the theme where Bruce Banner's thing is like he and the Hulk are secretly the same. And he's trying to like repress this temper that he has that turns him into a superhero. She-Hulk Jen is the opposite. It's like she's split. She's bifurcating. She's um, losing herself because She-Hulk's like the cool version of herself. And she's constantly deferring to her. And I think that's what we're going to get as uh, sort of the takeaway as we get to the end of the, the season. Uh, but I think and then when she's talking to Book and they're like, guys could get away with this, I think that's more of a just a topic and a, they want to cover and that they're bonding over. But oddly unrelated to the very similar issue with the guy who is being like nasty to her. So that, it, it's a strange mix. But yeah, what's interesting is there's this kind of like thing of like her being like, there's no difference between me and She-Hulk. And in this episode, she specifically said, oh, that was She-Hulk. That wasn't me. So she's yeah. kind of like where uh, Bruce was immediately like the Hulk, I have no control. And he's kind of like slowly realization uh, coming to the thing of like, maybe we are the same where she kind of like uh, initially was like, Oh yeah, it's definitely still me. And it's kind of like, then maybe later at the end of the season, realize that there is a difference, you know, and well, as a theme, I yeah. think that's cool. Like it I is, like yeah. that as an idea and I hope they can execute that. Well, it just feels like because of the pacing, it's very hard to um, enjoy the rest of the show. Well, it's it's a little all over the place. And I think part of the thing is they're not 
they're not letting everything come out of her emotional journey. They're letting it work around her plot journey in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's feeding the plot yeah. rather than the emotions. So, like we've been talking about, really like the idea of Jennifer Walters grappling with, am I She-Hulk or am I Jennifer Walters? But that doesn't seem necessarily to be what the guys are coming out of or what things are revolving around. Uh, Plot-wise, yes. Emotion-wise, not necessarily. Uh, To the point that one thing that maybe this was just me like backseat writing in terms of missed opportunity, I know we established that in the first episode that Jen is able to maintain her form because women are always good at maintaining their anger. But having the first couple of scenes of clearly the way Tatiana Maslany is playing it is just getting more and more steamed at everything that's going on with Titania, but not having her show up as She-Hulk or getting like green and then repressing it or anything like that in those first couple of scenes was very strange to me. It felt like once we went to the office and saw her at She-Hulk, that's when she's calmest. So if that's what you're going for, if that's when she's most comfortable in her skin, which I get, again, is an emotional idea, play with that. Talk about that. Have yeah. that happen in some way versus right now it's just kind of random when she's She-Hulk and when she's not She-Hulk. And it seems more based on when they had the budget and the crew necessary to do that rather than what it was asked for by the script. It's I mean, she I sort do. of like a hat that she wears as opposed to like a purposeful thing that she's mm-hmm. going through. I do, you know, as someone who, um, uh, I think what I appreciate about what it is doing is it, her anger isn't getting the best of her, which I kind of want to happen as somebody who struggles with anger issues. So, but it is impressive how it's been this kind of like consistent of like, she changes into the Hulk when she wants to. So far, her emotions haven't gotten the bad of her, which is something she set up early that, like, I'm a woman, I deal with this on the regular, so I won't accidentally do it. And uh, I'm impressed that they, that that is this, it's this uh, all the time. So uh, it's, they're kind of s- sticking with their mission statement in that aspect. Uh, I also think there's another, I mean, we're all comedy fans. Um, and I think there's, yeah, uh, hands raised uh, for the listener. The, you know, the, I think there's, so that makes us maybe a little more specific or um, have more ideas and notes about this, that it is sort of, it considers itself a comedy or it's uh, trying to be a comedy and it's missing the mark. And I think in our uh, all of television and movies, everyone's like, comedy? Yeah, it's just a movie or a TV show where we add jokes. And it's like, it's actually not that. It's much, there's much more nuance and detail that you have to do to make a comedy, specifically with pacing. And I think this show is paced so down for comedy, for a drama or like a superhero show. I think it, it could get by on this pace because there's action and there's like a lot of um, plot movement. And this show is plotted like a comedy, like where not a ton happens or specific A, B and C things happen, or in this case, unrelated A and B things. Um, but they're not doing all the comedy things like really um, writing into the characters, having the characters have like games that, in, that go back and forth and entwine with each other to give us opportunities to hang jokes on them. Instead, there are jokes that are sort of added uh, randomly, seemingly to the thing. And some of them are good jokes, but it just doesn't amount to that like 
big, great feeling you get when you watch a great comedy episode. You know? Well, for example, I actually got kind of excited when they had the Nikki and Pug interaction at the beginning of the episode in The Office. Like, we haven't really seen them have any relationship before on the show, but just coming in and having them be like, oh, you know how we always do, and we trade back and forth with deals. I was like, okay. This is yeah. a setup. We're going to see that play out over the course of the episode. They're going to spiral out in terms of their deals, and it's going to get ridiculous, and it's going to be back and forth. And then the fact that they were like, nah, forget about Pug's thing. We'll just do that in the end credits with like a quick uh, graphic was a huge missed opportunity. Like That is fun to see them do that, even if it is just a B plot and it doesn't tie in any way in a uh, in the a plot it's like the madison and wong thing like that's why that was fun in the last episode is because they kept hitting that game with those characters regardless of what was ever going on instead nicky and pug were like we are two assistants of the main character who are going on a task and that is what uh, we were doing in this episode i did i did as a you know a comic book fan i did appreciate the fact that he gets two pairs of shoes you know one to kind of mm-hmm. like collect and then one to wear so you totally. know i was a, yeah i, I love felt how he bagged and boarded those like, shoes um, you, you got to dude if you're gonna you collect shoes you gotta take care of them all right come yeah, on yeah no i feel the same way with my comics which are stacked um willy-nilly all around me uh, uh little i piece of me dies every time you bring that up 100 <laughs> percent uh you, you must be super dead at this point um the uh the other thing is like like pug and nikki like i just want them to have interests hobbies details about them they are only allowed to be just like sort of bland assistants like you're saying alex and I think the show does do a good job with some of the smaller characters where it's like, oh, all they have to do is be this one thing or like Madison or Wong in there. It's like then they take big swings with them and it works. But then these other characters are sort of in this mushy middle area and you're like, say something that a person would say. Well, yes, to each I other. mean, I think it, it, to the not to repeat my point, but I think like. That's the thing with Pug that got me excited about it. I was like, okay, he's into fashion. He loves collecting shoes. That is a thing about him that we're going to see play out over the course of the episode. And it immediately veered into, no, we have to do this thing for the main character here. Forget about whatever I'm doing. You know, and then he gets interested in like bootleg stuff, which didn't make any sense with the information that we were provided about him two seeds earlier, you know? So uh, one other thing, just in terms of the specificity thing we keep talking about and Again, want to couch this in. I am a man here, so probably totally wrong about this. But there's a thing that initially I was like, okay, I like this line, and then thought about it for a second. I like the scene of Mallory Book and Jen Walters having a drink afterwards. I thought they had good chemistry. I hope they date instead of any of those men. Definitely not going to happen, but that would be a good direction to go in. But they talk about like... They rag on the men, and Jen says something towards the end. I'm forgetting the first two things, but about being able to walk home at night without putting your headphones in. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's a good line because that's definitely something that happens a lot. And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, who is walking home in Los Angeles? (laughs) That's a New York line. And not to call her out, but Dana Schwartz, who wrote this episode, is a New York writer who I think moved to L.A. or something like that. So totally valid in New York. I'm sure I'm not saying that like men do not catcall it or not horrible monsters in Los Angeles, because I'm sure they are. But the idea of that, again, I feel like that's the sort of thing you should have checked to the writer's room. Literally anybody who lives in LA is probably like, no, we take cars places. Yeah. But I mean, come on, Zelda. I mean, like the idea of it is there and a woman could park her car 
and try to walk anywhere. You know what I mean? And totally. Yeah. So absolutely. Right, but in New York, you walk more than in L.A., I hear you. But yeah, that's a very specific really, idea of it. Yeah, Maybe I mean, the, the writer's room commutes on the L.A. subway system, something that <laughs> almost no human in the entire universe uses. <laughs> the way know. people talk about that. I don't want to harp on it. It just seemed like another example of the the strong way of saying this is sloppiness. I Maybe it's not that strong, but it definitely feels like that a lot of the times, that there's things that are – kind of falling behind the by the wayside because they're focusing on a lot of other things. Yeah. What else do you want to call out about the episode, though? What else jumped out to you, if anything? Uh, do we want to talk about this Daredevil helmet? Sure. Daredevil goes to a tailor in L.A. now? <laughs> well, <laughs> wow. I the, have questions. The, the New York L.A. split is strong here. You think I mean, maybe you, they... Daredevil's it, into the drip. If you got to go, yeah, you got to exactly. go where the fashion is. It you know how Daredevil, like the bl- character, loves drip. <laughs> it didn't seem <laughs> like a place. One of the main things Daredevil. I remember over the Netflix show where he was constantly talking about drip, and Foggy was like, "The drip! You're constantly yeah. talking about the drip." What yeah. What was Maddie? crazy to me? It was <laughs> wasn't just the the horned helmet that we saw. It was then the lid that put was put onto it and this like really over the top box that it was it was it was i agree i was like he's blind that's all wasted on him you guys could just put it in a regular box well also the the helmet is a tactical piece of equipment and they ship it in like a hat box that's for um like martha stewart yeah but when you think about it who's gonna stop that hat box you know what i mean like it's so much that you don't even want to open it and look and I, I gotta oh, like, be honest, and I know we've touched on this before, but the moment was overshadowed to me by the fact that we didn't get to see any of the clothes that She Hulk was wearing, which was the whole point yeah. of the episode. Yes, a hundred percent. It was. So, I could not believe. I thought we were going to well, get. That's the last why I watched episode. the credits twice because I was like, wait, we had to have seen they were going to. She's going to step out, and at the end of the credits, and we're going to get to see the outfit, and I couldn't believe oh, there man. had to I be some read rejiggering there because him taking the box and putting it to the side and seeing the daredevil helmet, that's the end credit scene. Her yeah. coming out of there and either, you know, showing off the clothes and they look awesome or alternately showing off the clothes and something is wrong about them. And there's a wah, wah at the end of there. That's how you hit that moment. Then you do the credits and then you come back to the box. So strange. I I feel bad that you had to watch all the way through even the French credits. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Holy shit, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, that's so much through twice the credits, just to make then sure. three seasons of Daredevil just to make sure you weren't missing anything. Yeah, exactly. What, <laughs> what a great reveal. I mean, I understand a little bit to defend the show. Like, I understand there can't be that many people making uh, really uh, impressive uh, superhuman suits. So I understand that there's like one person who's really good at it and everybody goes to that person. Um but I was just like, no way, Daredevil Chef's there. So there's no way he would have got through any of that. Like, like, well, we don't know. Maybe that we're getting a new Daredevil in the Marvel, this new Marvel. Or maybe a new universe. Foggy that, you know, does all the shopping. Foggy's into drip. Um, mm-hmm. London Fog. That's what they're going to change his name to. <laughs> London Fog. <laughs> all right. Why don't we wrap up here and talk about what is on our vision board for the next episode of the show. Pete, what's on your vision board? The suit. I need to fucking see the suit, man. She-Hulk suit or yeah okay I think Pugs you're gonna see it suit <laughs> pug suit <laughs> it's yeah, defining I see an adorable little suit made for a pug mm, absolutely oh, a, a, a pug dog suit yeah um, 
I uh, well, they the show is seems to spend a lot more time on the detail. Like we got on the coffee mug in the drawings of the credits, it said Avengers, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's a fun little moment. I was like, can you put some of that energy into the jokes in this show? Because that's <laughs> yeah, where the, I want them. The booty spray on the serious lawyer was also fun in the credits. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I was um, like, where was that so- joke during the show? That would be great. Yeah, especially when we had a scene with the, that guy, and I was like, "What was the scene for?" It was weird. And well, it, it was hilarious. Scene. He had a, uh, you know the two dishes there, one for the pistachios and then one for the shells. That's some high class living there. <laughs> oh wait a second, hold on. What, what do you mean? He's are flexing. you saying he's flexing on it? Are you saying the flex there is having two dishes because brother, you should have two dishes? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Pete, if you ever had pistachios with him, he keeps the shells and the pistachios in the same dish, and he keeps reaching in, taking out oh, the shells. Man, that's, that's sloppy. You want to talk about I have sloppy, so many questions, sloppy. Pete, because <laughs> if you only have one dish, you're basically a dog. So first off, <laughs> that's why you we calling you a horn dog earlier. Tracks. Secondly, are you trying to say that you eat pistachios shell and all, and so you only need one dish? Because <laughs> that's also, I would say, downright dangerous. Pete uh, unhooks yeah. his jaw like a snake and eats the entire dish as well. Just dish, <laughs> pistachios, dump it all in thing. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, I love that so much. It's like when a little kid would go into a rich person's office and be like, wow, two dishes. Uh, on my vision board, you know, I was really happy with the length of this episode. I'd love them to go even shorter next episode. <laughs> get, get out of here. No, I'd love, I to, see, see some I'd love to see uh, Daredevil would be great. I yeah, don't know. Nice. I don't want to watch this show anymore. Stop making me watch wow. it. No, oh, it's wow. fine. I'll stick with it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We Marvel. If you'd like to, <laughs> I, I, I want. I want to get a slow reveal of Daredevil's left glove, right glove, <laughs> boot, and then other boot. Here's here's a question. Do you think Daredevil's head is also in that box? Oh, oh that's man. Up. Yeah, that's, that's an fun. LA thing. What's the box? What's the box? Seven was based there. If you'd like Seven, to support yeah. our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, What's we do a live show LA, every man? Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to podcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to that's chat LA. with you about She-Hulk. Or would we? Uh, Apple, Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher, or in the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the podcast at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. This podcast was longer than the show. <laughs> the day I knew I made it, the day I bought my second. <laughs> <laughs>